0: Hey, it's Tessa. Welcome. This podcast is for all the people. This is for all the people who read some article that shows up on their dashboard and they get lured into it like I did today during lunch. I read this article about moon signs and I really know enough about astrology to know that I know what my sun sign is, and I know that my rising sign is Leo, but beyond that, I know that there there is other stuff that exists, but I don't know any details of it, and that I know that every time Mercury goes into retrograde, there's articles about how communication will go awry. Anyhow, don't know many details, but I'm like, okay, I'll get lured in by this. What is your moon sign and what does it say about you? So this is the description I found about my moon sign. The Pisces moon is eternally optimistic, diving heart first into the world. This highly sensitive placement sees the light in all people and wants to believe everyone has the best intentions, even her neighbor who parties until 3 a.m. A Pisces moon just wants us to all get along she becomes deeply invested in the lives of everyone she meets from her best friend to her barista and will spend hours offering her emotional support but taking on so many people's energy can weigh down a Pisces moon so she'll need to retreat into her dream world to recharge i don't want to talk about fantasy worlds or dream worlds but i will say that i do prefer entertainment that feels good so and the rest of this description is awfully spot on. But I think entertainment shouldn't be mean, and it shouldn't be nasty. I don't like humor that makes people feel bad. I don't like humor that shames people. And I don't like entertainment where, you know, the bad character wins. It's not for me. I don't think it's smart. I don't think it helps move the world forward. I don't think it's telling about the world. And I think that's where you're going to hear a lot of my advice come in. And when my partner Sarah joins us, she'll bring different advice from different perspective. But I am the person that will see the best in people. I also don't believe that we're all perfect. I don't think any of us are all perfect. But I also don't think all of any of us are only purely evil. I think we're all somewhere in the middle. And we can either choose to be good guided by our good side, or we can choose to be guided by our menace side. But all in all, we both have good and we both have evil in us. For instance, I see the world as a bunch of opportunities for happiness and doing good. But I also love a really dark comedy, like Death to Smoochie. I mean, who does not love a dark comedy about the underbelly of the competitive world of kids' television show hosts? I mean, yes, please. A mafia-like movie about different, you know, characters and television shows? That's funny to me. And this leads me to a conversation my partner and I had this morning about how do we advise a client who's... Thinking about the company diversify their workforce. What tools can we give them and guide them through to help with the company diversifying its workforce? Obviously, great thing for this company to want to do. Good for their leadership. And as the data shows us, great for their profit. The more diverse, the higher the profit. So it's a fantastic goal. And we thoroughly love working with this client. My partner and I came to this conversation with two different mindsets. Naturally, we're two different people. We're both thinking about diversifying, both in, you know, how people look, think, act, backgrounds, all the like. And my partner is Latina, born and raised in Texas. And I am not even born in the United States, I am born on earth, though, so also very helpful. But we have different experiences, vastly different cultures, different experiences. And so we were brainstorming ideas on how do you make your company more appealing to young employees, because she is 10 years younger than I am, and we had different ideas. Like, for her, it was very important that considerations were given to flex time because she's a young she's a young mom for me it was very important that flex time existed for environmental reasons because I think if you don't want to sit and waste your gas because we're in Texas so everybody's driving sitting in traffic you should be able to leave later and your car will be run more efficiently and it'll be better for the environment and Better for your stress levels because you won't be sitting through rush hour traffic. So each of us had these different ideas. How do we give this flexibility? How do we appeal to young people? How are How is the employer talking in ways that help women? How are to bring more women in and more women in their leadership? How are they talking in ways that impact people of different cultures or different faiths? Because all those things have an impact and sometimes it is you know, you can always pick out, say, the sexist or the misogynist or the racist or the person who doesn't like people of other religions. But I think all of us also have these innate biases that we don't necessarily know we have, we don't necessarily like that we have if we saw them, but they're there. So how do you do that? How do you as a company who wants to move forward with diversity and improve your profits and improve your mindset and improve your business strategies, how do you improve your diversity when you're dealing with something that is probably innate biases? How do you address it? How do you figure out how to get there? And I was, you know, an analogy I often use with clients is, you have to talk to everybody differently. And I think we were really good at this when we were young people. Like we were really good at figuring out how do we get what we want when we're that 16 year old who wants to go to the party and we have to ask either our one of our parents or we have to ask one of our grandparents or we have to ask one of our guardians. You know, everybody's gonna react to different things. And we knew when we were kids how to ask to go to the party in different ways. For instance, sometimes it was very pragmatic, say, and you had to explain that, you know, there would be chaperones and that you would be home by curfew. Sometimes it was very, an emotional ask. Your best friend was moving away and this was the last party that was going to be held in your best friend's honor. You know, two totally different ways to get to the same end. And I think we can take that type of logic and that type of Ability to read our crowd and or read our employees and read our business and figure out how to talk to people differently to achieve the same goals that we want to achieve, which is a thriving business that is doing good for itself, doing good for its employees, doing good for its clients, doing good for its customers and doing good for the world. I don't mean, when I say doing good, I don't mean some like, you know, I'm going to go hug a tree tomorrow. I mean... Each of those different entities, your shareholders, your customers, your employees are happy for different reasons, right? Like your employees are happy because they're treated well and being remunerated well. Your shareholders are happy because the company is growing and profitable. Your clients are happy because, or your customers, whichever one they might be, are happy because they're getting the products or services that they really want and need, and it's making their world better. So how do we do that? How do we figure out, how do we ask that how do we ask that of ourselves how do we ask that of our leadership in our companies and how do we ask that of our employees and going back to you know my partner and i we've discovered that we are stronger often together because she is the person who will mention the that you know, it's the last time the best friend will be in town and you need to have a party. She is great with that, you know, emotional, empathetic connections. And I am the one who will deliver the angle about profits and strategy and thinking 10 steps ahead in the future, how to get to that goal. Two different approaches, wanting to achieve the same goal. So that led my partner Sarah and I to think about well how do you get rid of innate biases right if we're trying to help them get to that how does that mindset of being flexible and how you address things go to an innate bias because we all have them and we can all figure out how to fix them like my partner and I were talking about you can eliminate the innate biases early on say in an employment or leadership approach by blinding the applicants or blinding yourself to the applicants but eventually the blinders are going to come off so how do you address the person who is not necessarily the you know misogynist in your group who you're worried about but say you have a person who says oh i guess tess is okay for a swede but i generally don't like Swedes, so whatever you know those people exist too and those innate biases and those smaller biases how do you account for them so that you can fix the diversity and add to your diversity because you want that diversity to increase your profits to keep your employees happy to keep your shareholders happy to keep your business happy to keep yourself happy it turns out from the conversation that you know my partner and I had it's a lot of you know a chicken and the egg situation you fix diversity by having a more diverse environment. So I think the answer really is, just don't be afraid to do it. Just don't be afraid to know that it's okay that your boardroom table has all sorts of people of all sorts of colors and shapes and sizes and ethnicities and religions and mindsets. Be brave, go for it and watch your profits grow. I know we have an innate desire to be around people who are just like us. But when you're around people who look like you and talk like you and act like you, you end up with this kind of mob mentality. And the goal for successful businesses are to avoid that mob mentality because that's when the most errors can be created. And that's when bad businesses, business decisions occur. So take that initiative. Be the brave person who knows that, hey, I want that table and I want my employees to be of all sorts of colors, shapes, sizes, ethnicities, religions, mindsets, and have different interests and have to be in different stages of their lives because that's when you're going to find the best business decisions that make everybody in the process happy, that make you happy, that make your employees happy, that make your customers and clients happy, that make your shareholders happy. That's the way you want to go and i think we have found us together makes us stronger so find your find your sarah and allow your your version of sarah to fill in the gaps in your strengths so that your company is stronger because you are stronger as a whole than you are in your parts and so remember there's always room for everybody and look around and look at places where you wouldn't normally think to grow and to be stronger And know that it's okay to talk to those people differently when you have the same end goals in mind because that's what you did when you were a kid. And you know what? Maybe your 16-year-old self wasn't as dumb as we all think our 16-year-old selves were. Maybe we were better communicators because we didn't have all the biases that we get through life. So embrace your inner 16-year-old and figure out how to ask for things in different ways and look for things in different ways like we did when we had to be a little scrappier. And just go for it because at the end of the day and at the end of the night, you're the one who's going to end up happier in the situation because you're going to end up with more robust ideas that energize yourself, energize your business, and energize your employees. And that's going to feel good. So until next time, let's be kind.